0: Hello everyone, we want to take this opportunity to say
1: thank you. As you go at The Golden Boot, so do our needs, but we cannot do it without you. We ask that you continue to like our posts, share our content, and subscribe to our YouTube, Facebook, and other social media platforms. You may also visit TheGoldenBoot.com for the latest merch. If you would like to make a financial donation, you can do so through Cash App at MoneySign Golden Boot. Or through PayPal at paypal.me slash golden boot. We look forward to bringing you more laughs knowledge and entertainment. And again, thank you for your endless support sincerely and respectfully. The golden boot team,
2: the views and opinions expressed in the golden boot podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the golden boot podcast as a whole y'all ready to get rolling quiet on the set. mm Hey, welcome back to another edition of HBCU Hour. It's your boy Pooh Bell. I got my my man, Petty Murphy, in the building. We got Daniel D. Williams in the building, already with his Petty. We'll (laughs) get there. We'll get there. Uh, Fellas, how y'all doing this evening?
3: I'm good, man. I'm ready for this show, bro. I'm good, too, man. man.
2: Listen, I've been ready since uh, Saturday. For sure. Saturday. Saturday. Um, It's a flu game for me, though. I'm fighting it. I've been sweating all day, drinking orange juice and, and Gatorade. I'm playing it hurt, playing it man. Hurting, listen, huh? listen, listen. I love my kids, but they trying to kill me. They trying to take <laughs> me out with this, with this flu, man.
1: I think it's going around, brother. I got to
2: sniff myself. So I feel yeah. pain. My kids
3: love me, so I'm I'm feeling good over here. I don't know <laughs> job. They
2: love me, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey,
2: I started to coughing and stuff last night. Dylan said, "You okay, Daddy?" I'm scared. I said, "I said, no, I'm, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good." That's funny but uh yeah. let's go ahead and get started man we have um we have a guest in the bill we actually we got we're gonna have several guests tonight this is For probably sure. the, the most guests we've ever had this we got this thing running like a uh like oprah used to do back in the day have a whole panel like 13 people used to come on but anyway uh but let's get started first guest um uh, Miss Raven Thistle is an award-winning diversity and inclusion thought leader, certified holistic health coach, international talk show host, and corporate communications consultant. Now say that three times fast. But she serves as the marketing and PR director of the Doug Doug Williams Center, creating solutions for racial and gender disparities in college and professional sports. She is the CEO of Thistle, consulting where she provides executive leadership to cultural innovation and in- initiatives and communications project management solutions for impactful organizations. Thistle's holistic health education and background in public relations and marketing have uniquely positioned her to exercise her passion for social advancement in a variety of ways. When she observed the climbing rate of suicide and stress related illness among Black Americans, thistle founded Crowned and Calm Co. with the mission of empowering Black communities with meditation and other holistic tools or holistic health tools, excuse me. She is the host of Raven Thistle Live and I am IBM TV network talk show where she teaches holistic personal development to an international audience across 144 countries. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the the Miss Raven Thistle. Thank you for coming and joining us.
4: Listen, I
2: listen, that's so impressive. I uh thank you. I, I sure. never had a problem reading out loud in class. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I was
2: sweating. I was sweating I, I didn't want to mess that up. Yeah. Jonesboro Brown house, yes.
3: That's I got Tony man right <laughs> yeah. there Jones Jonesboro. Yes,
2: but Miss Thistle, thank you for coming on with us. Um, the last few episodes actually started this summer with the uh the announcement of Fist um uh, Gymnastics program. And Morgan Price choosing Fisk over Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been talking about gymnastics and stuff uh, uh, heavily, heavily. Um, And then the last two or three weeks, I I have to say, we've been talking about it again because Fisk, you know, competing in the first competitions and stuff and doing very well. Um, And then Talladega. Yeah. Talladega College now. the, the, uh, The alma mater of one, Deion Sanders. Petty. I know petty. I'm very petty. I'm very petty, petty. but big news. <laughs> but the alma mater, you know, the Talladega College now becoming the second HBCU to offer gymnastics. Uh, so dope. Tell us about that. Tell us about well, let's, let's start here. Uh, what is the Doug Williams Center and, and what is your role there and, and how, do you, how did you start?
5: So, the Doug Williams Center is an advancement space. What we do. Is provide uh, solutions for diversity, equity, and inclusion in professional and college sports. Uh, because we're an affiliate of Grammy State University, a lot of that starts with research. So, um, a lot of times, the issues with diversity in sports is, you know, the organizations get to kind of skate by because there's not enough research to support this outcome or that's, that outcome. Well, we, we create the research. And so then um, after working with academicians from different HBCUs and students, we include students in the research process so that way they can have published research by the time that they graduate. Um, They get to be a part of the whole process. And then uh, we bring on interns to help with the marketing and support, you know, so they get the experience and then they get to connect. Um, We also have relationships with uh, NFL. We have partnership with NFL. And so with that, we get to provide research opportunities where students get to present their research and recommendations to the NFL executives. Um, They also, HBCU students are getting exclusive access to live talks with NFL executives and like, you know, cozy private Zoom rooms where they can ask their questions and network Um, So it's really it's a really dynamic space um, because we also provide consulting to different sports organizations to help them with their diversity issues that come up. Um, So it's a very unique type of thing that we get to do being at that intersection of like HBCU and professional and college sports.
3: That's awesome.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. Now. and, And I know, of course, this conversation is more tailored to a certain subject but i would like to come back maybe in the future and ask you about some nfl questions also and about your students working with the uh different nfl executives for uh,
2: sure
0: as
1: well. yeah yeah
2: um could you tell us more cuz i i know you guys also partner with uh brown girls do gymnastics yes um could you tell i'm and i know you may not you know um no but could you tell us a little bit more about um uh, Brown Girls Do Gymnastics?
5: Absolutely. Um, So the president of Brown Girls Do Gymnastics, Darren Moore, she is just a phenomenal person. Um, So she was the one who really started this. um, We need to have gymnastics at HBCU's Mm -hmm. movement before the Doug Williams Center was even created. She was already doing that. Uh Um, And so when we encountered her, uh, we were introduced to her through a a former leadership uh, member at Grambling, And he was like, Raven, I want you to take this by the horns and work with her. You know, she wants to start at HBCU Gymnastics. It can happen. Let's 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 get the right research behind her to support that this is going to be lucrative, to support that it's going to be a benefit to um, black and brown girls. And also that it's gonna be a benefit to HBCU. We have to prove that with research because there was nothing to show. Like, why would we, why would we invest in gymnastics? Um, and you gotta think like, this is height of Simone Biles. It was an Olympic year during that time. Um, so it was easy to get uh, professors interested in doing the research. It was easy to get students on board. We had a couple of professors even make it a class assignment to, to conduct that research. Um, Grambling State professors. Um, One of them was Dr. Suzanne Mayo, Uh, Dr. Aaron Livingston also uh, supported the research. He's the lead of of our research and and study division, the lead academician. Um, And so partnering with Brown Girls Do Gymnastics, we decided that Grambling would host the gymnastics conference in 2021 Um, so we had 250 brown little girls on campus, um, doing gymnastics. And it was, it was amazing because so many of them, they came from all over the country. And so many of them had never been around other black girls who were doing gymnastics. They're the only black girl in their gymnastics gym. And so that's the power of this event. And then hosting it on the HBCU campus gave them the opportunity to dream because you got to realize like before last year, if a black girl was a gymnast, she would have to choose between continuing gymnastics at a PWI or giving up gymnastics to feel at home at an HBCU. Mm. That's been the choice that gymnasts have had to make all, all time in America until last year. So these girls got to come on campus, do gym, and be around people who look like them 100%. So um, I was a big part of coordinating the event and designing the research. Um, And then I'm the marketing and PR director for Doug Williams Center. I know you asked what I do there, so I didn't clarify that when I answered your first question. So my main job is to get the word out. And make sure that everybody knows what we're doing, why we're doing it, where we want it to go. Um, trying to get other HBCUs on board, and then after the event, um, things really blew up because we were able to escalate the story uh, about the research findings. Um, Ebony magazine was interested. We had, you know, we had several national news outlets. Picking up the story. Um, so from there, that's when the ball really got rolling. That's when Fist came into the picture. That's when Talladega came on board. Um, you know, just continuing that story and then helping brown girls do gymnastics is ongoing work, you know, for the Doug Williams Center. For
1: sure. Now, Raven, what, what's your ultimate goal um, uh, for your nonprofit? For the brown ultimate goal for Doug yeah. Williams Center? Mm-hmm. no for uh, brown mm-hmm. girls do gymnastics
5: which okay go. so brown yeah. girls is not my non-profit so i really can't speak to what yeah. what the ultimate goal is mm-hmm. darren moore could um if she was here but she probably would say something like that she wants all the hbcus to offer gymnastics as a foundational program right. uh, in their athletic programming
3: right um well go ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, let me ask you. So I know there's a brown girls do gymnastics and we had a conversation last week. When when are you, where's the brown boys do gymnastics also? Is that going to be something that you guys are going to also look into?
5: You know what? I think you're onto something. And the, the only thing stopping that, as far as I know, is having men mm-hmm. come into the picture to lead that, you yeah. know, or, you know, we need gymnasts who are going to lead that charge um brown girls do gymnastics is not exclusive to girls mm-hmm. um Darren okay. does you know there there were boys little boys are allowed to attend these events as well um I do know that but as far as the or- overarching organization of there being a brown boys do gymnastics <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right person to ask about that.
3: <laughs> so okay uh, to to your knowledge what were some of the biggest hurdles or obstacles that were, you know, y'all had to overcome in getting Fisk and Talladega to, you know, actually have gymnastics teams?
5: So um, in working with Darren, who would be better suited for that question, I remember getting the buy-in being a big issue because, you know, it's not that HBCUs don't want gymnastics. It's not that at all. Is that systemically, since the beginning, HBCUs have been grossly underfunded. And so they have had to choose the athletic programming where they know for a fact that they're going to get the dollars back. Um, And that's been places like football, basketball, you know, every HBCU just about has those two teams, maybe softball, baseball. Um, And so gymnastics happens to be a really expensive sport to start. Um, it's, it's very expensive. It can be really, um, difficult to find coaches. And then, you know, all of the money that funnels into it is, is a huge hurdle for HBCUs. Um, and our research really details that. Um, and for anybody who's interested, dougwilliamscenter.com slash research it's free. It's a case study there. It's called Diane Durham. It's called Black Women in Gymnastics, Continuing the Legacy of Diane Durham, who is one of the, like flagship black women to really put a stake in the ground that black women do gymnastics too. Um, and she was really just slighted in the end and her career ended prematurely because of ultimately racism and you know other factors. So um, we're, we're wanting to prevent that from happening again, but having the backing of historically black colleges helps that happen for black gymnasts. Um, so funding is the biggest barrier for, for basically all HBCUs. Um, yeah. But as the movement picks up, you know, now we have Fist, now we have Talladega, that's momentum.
2: Yeah.
5: So more attention there means more dollars there for these HBCUs to finally be able to do it. As yeah. far as other um, things that influence the lack of gymnastics at HBCUs, Also, is perception, you know, um, because it tends to be an expensive sport. Um, Black and brown people have generally been excluded or not thought of when it's time to do gymnastics or when it's time to consider gymnastics Um, inside the culture and outside the culture.
2: Uh, David, actually brings up, and it it's kind of goes along with uh, some of the next few points. It says, we definitely need more gymnastics programs in our communities. Uh, we can easily get some of these kids who we see doing these ridiculous flips in the hood and perfect those skills and give them more op- uh, give them more options. Then he follows up and says, if our kids can do these things with no training, imagine what they can do with an actual that's teacher. That's yeah.
1: right. so, yes. And
2: that's something we, you know, because we, we talked about last week about, you know, especially with, and Daniel said about young boys, how many young boys we see doing flips or, or you know, saying these kids doing flips and stuff, but stigmas behind it. There is nothing there for us, you know? So, um, which kind of leads to, to one of my next, or one of our next questions. Um, if you can tell us w- what are some of the other schools that you guys are working with trying to, uh, get the, uh, gymnastics programs for?
5: I can't share that because it's not my business to tell, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but but I know that there are more schools in the pipeline or at least in the conversation. Um, There are more institutions in the conversation, but they're having those conversations directly with Brown girls do gymnastics. So what Brown girls do gymnastics does is they actually do the legwork of helping the institution find a coach, helping the institution Mm. uh, build up the programming inside, in-house, working with the athletic director to do the finer work of this is what it's going to take for you to have a gymnastics team. Um, And then also, you know, recruiting, recruiting the gymnasts uh, to come Mm. to the school. So Brown Girls Do Gymnastics is the one that's directly and intimately involved with all of the aspects of doing and building that. Um, What the Doug Williams Center does Is we support all everything, whatever they need help with, whatever they can't do. So one piece is we need to get the word out about this. We need Doug, Doug Williams level, uh, PR and marketing on on this situation. Um, (laughs) Or you know, how do we engage more HBCUs smartly? Um, Mm. You know, so consulting in that way. So we oh. definitely cannot take the credit away from. No, him. no, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely.
2: I, I get that. I get it now. Yeah.
5: It,
1: and it sounds like Brown Girls Do Gymnastics. It sounds like you guys are putting together the bones, you know, and then the programs are kind of putting the meat on. But you're giving them a solid foundation as far as finding the coaches, finding the gymnasts. So you sounds like you guys are setting them up for success, uh, which is yeah, that's awesome. what
5: they do. Yeah, they do. They they find the coaches. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
5: Yeah. So, so any HBCU athletic directors who are watching and you're interested in you're interested in having a, a gymnastics team, Brown yeah. Girls Do Gymnastics will help you every step of the way.
3: So so y'all are sort of like a liaison to brown girls do gymnastics in a sense and help, you know, with resources, like you said, PR marketing and you know, maybe. Some of the things, since they're so small and Doug Williams has the platform that he has, y'all are able to get more research and, you know, more things like that. Y'all have a bigger network for them to kind of use those resources in a
5: sense. For sure. And I would would say we, you know, we've helped them with strategy. Like, you know, okay, I see your goal. We see that this is something that could really make a difference in a lot of lives. You know, sports sports is a, a way paver. Sports creates that path for for black people, for all people, but for black people, especially. Um, And so, you know, how many girls don't have the opportunity or how many young people, not just girls, don't have the opportunity? And also on the topic of black boys do gymnastics, I have to mention that the women, the young women having the opportunity paves the way for the young men.
3: That's for sure. That's That's coming.
5: It's It's inevitable. Black women never do anything and leave black men behind. Never. It's never happened.
3: That's a powerful statement, right there. Never happened. powerful statement. Can
2: Can we clip that? That will be clipped and on TikTok. I love it. All right. (laughs) So, um, why is it, and and we've kind of touched on this, but why is it important to expand gymnastics to HBCUs?
5: Mm. Whew. So um, one of the big things that had just happened at the time we were starting our research was a black gymnast at a predominantly white institution in a Southern state that I won't name, had just experienced some extreme racism from her teammates and it was covered up by her coaches and she did not have the support that she needed and she decided to transfer to an HBCU so that she didn't have to deal with the the social pressures of the racism that she was encountering. Mm -hmm. And by making that choice to go to an HBCU, she was making the choice to give up her career as an athlete. This is one of the many reasons why we need to have all the sport availability in the inclusive space of an HBCU. It's a prime example. And that young lady, She reached out to Brown Girls Do Gymnastics for support. Her story got national coverage that coach and and her teammates had to face consequences for what they did, but also she became a spokesperson for this movement. And she was actually present at the Grambling um, Brown Girls Do Gymnastics conference. She was present as one of the teachers and instructors there. So she continues to be a voice for this movement Um, So that's one of the reasons why we need it, because if one black youth needs it, we all need it. If she's in trouble, if she's suffering, we're all suffering and we're all in trouble. For sure. Um, So that's a part of it. Another part of it is uh, gymnasts are some of the highest academic achievers. Hmm. All of the gymnasts, and I mean all of the gymnasts who graduate, graduate toward the top of their class. They're not majoring, you know what I'm saying? Like they're bringing, this is the type of athletic statistic that athletic departments need. They don't just need an athlete. They need a smart athlete. They need athletes who are, are making the grade. Gymnasts make the grade statistically. So they're bringing up the numbers for HBCU athletics departments just by being there. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the benefits. And then third, this is an internationally respected sport. It's an Olympic sport. So when you start offering gymnastics at your university, you're opening the door for Simone Biles to come and speak. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're raising the bar, you're elevating the, um, the public perception of your institution by including this really elite sport. Um, not to mention sponsorship dollars and things like that that come in the door when you add a sport of this this magnitude. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about why it's so important, and I could go on, <laughs> is just the opportunity that it provides. I mean, at the end of the day, HBCU or any institution, but especially HBCUs, these are places where Black kids aspire to be. It's yeah, a yeah. safe place for you. And so when you decide that you want to go to an HBCU, you shouldn't have to also decide to narrow down your options for what you can do as an athlete. You should be able to say, I want to go learn with my people and I'm going to do whatever it is you want to do. So this is a step closer to making that real.
4: Yeah.
2: Um. Man. I'm at, I'm at this, this I'm gonna ask He's this question. Him, man. Yeah, I know I'm gonna ask this question for a reason, and so because I, I know a lot of our people here usually typically tune in for the football and the basketball and stuff like that. But I'm I'm ask this for a reason, and then once you answer, I, I can I can do, approximately how many young ladies are on a gymnastics team? All
5: right, once again, not a gymnastics expert. Uh,
4: right, <laughs> 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 not a gymnastics expert. So I
5: don't even know. I want to say. Okay. I want to say there are ten at minimum. Okay, okay, but I could be completely wrong. So Darren Moore, president of BGDG, when you watch this, I'm sorry. I'm gonna go ahead and just apologize.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> hey
1: Google, know. hey, it's a quick Google search for the viewers.
2: That's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah a, go ahead. So, <laughs> and the reason why I asked that, a lot of HBCUs have talked about going from FCS to FBS. Mm. With Title IX, you have to have those uh the same number. You have to give scholarships on the football side, you have to give them on the uh, to to uh women's sports as well. Adding a gymnastics program at HBCU could do that. It's so it's oh is it 12? So then that that's that 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 could be another two sports that you can add at HBCU to help you get to that mark. But I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just saying. That. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying.
3: I don't know and if a what, lot of people and why while we while we kind of veering away from gymnastics for a second, let me ask you this question. What um you kind of touched on it before, but I'll let you kind of expound a little bit. What are some of the other avenues and, and things that the Doug Williams Center is, is working in and, and have worked in in the past?
5: Yeah, so we love supporting <clears throat> placement. Um, You know, one thing I love about working in the HBCU space is the goal is not just the graduate. The goal is not just for you to graduate. It's the employed graduate. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we love to support HBCU students as they look for internships and jobs and then graduates as they're looking for jobs. Um, So what we do is uh, we partner with organizations like the NFL. They pass along their openings hey, we we want an HBCU student to fill these roles. And then we go and share that with our network. So on our advisory board, uh, we have the commissioners from four HBCU athletic Mm -hmm. conferences. Um, So we got the SWAG, the MIAC, you know, the list goes on. So that gives us access to dozens, hundreds of, of other schools. So we can filter those job opportunities through that network. So if, I don't know if your audience has HBCU students that watch, but if you are an HBCU student watching, go over to dougwilliamscenter.com, make sure you click join the huddle. That's our newsletter. And when you join the huddle, you will be in the know when those opportunities come up. I will personally be sending those emails out um, to that list of, of HBCU students. In addition to sharing the job openings, beginning this month, we're going to offer support with your application process because sometimes you don't even know, you know? So we're giving the additional support to the HBCU student and recent graduate. So we will give you coaching through the application process, interview process, whatever you need um, to help mentor you into the new role that you're going to be entering. And it doesn't just stop when you get hired. One of our interns, Taylor Nunley, uh, when she got done working with us, She went on to work for the Cavs. She's still working with the Cavs Um, and we keep in touch. I still give her, you know, mentorship. She will call me about any work related things that she needs help with or support on. And that's how we show up for our our interns and our HBCU students. Um, In addition to that, I mentioned that we have um, a speaker series. Um, We've also supported the state of Louisiana legislation Um, we went through the process of getting legislation passed that will require a Black um, applicant be interviewed for all head coaching and athletic director roles at Louisiana institutions of higher learning. Um, So that hasn't been passed yet, but uh, it was a public, you know, a very public process that we went through and are still in to try to get that passed. Um, let me think, what else do we do, <laughs> uh, in addition to research? So we kind of let the, the problem guide the work, Yeah. you know, what's something that needs to be done? Is it something that we can support? Is it something that we can make a difference in? Um, right now we have research coming out on amateurism. Mm.
3: Um,
5: we are going to be deconstructing, deconstructing amateurism, um, Amateurism is rooted in a lot of things that are not really based on your skill as an athlete. Mm.
1: So mm.
5: that's that's mm-hmm. coming. Right. That's Raven, if
1: I could also ask you a question, you mentioned something earlier about mentoring um, as a as a young black professional, um, especially growing up in Louisiana. That's not too many people that we see that we grow with that work in corporate America. So whenever it comes to, especially, you know, you've been from Jonesboro, a small community in Louisiana. I mean, do you, did you have any mentors that helped you, that guided you um, as far as throughout your career? And how important is that, that, you know, these people that these kids that participate in your program, how important is that
5: for them to have that mentorship? I believe mentorship is absolutely essential. And what you just hit on is major. Um, The fact that most of us do not have mentors or really even role models a lot of time, uh, depending on what we want to do. A lot of times because we are black and or from small communities, we choose our role models based on who we already see doing things, Mm -hmm. not based on what we want to do. And then there's somebody that we know. is the big se- Jonesburg is absolutely the big thing.
3: Se- <laughs> Southern oh, classic man. chicken. The line you have to
5: the road. Thanks. So.
3: Thanks. <laughs> <But> don't come <laughs> during Christmas time. Look. <laughs>
5: um, so, yeah. So, you know, we, we choose our mentors based on who we see doing things already. Oh, Kobe Bryant. He's playing basketball. He's, he seems like an amazing person. I wanna play basketball now because that's what he's doing. And so now I'm training my life in the direction of somebody who I look up to as a person. And on the, on the converse, it would be, I really love art. I wanna be a painter. Mm-hmm. Let me see if there are painters who are doing what I wanna do. And then you're led from the inside. Yeah. So that's an opportunity that that's why so many of us, we follow a track because we, we latched onto a mentor And then when we get down in that track, even if we're successful at it, we'd be like, well, maybe I don't know if I want to do this after all, because that that wasn't coming from here. Mentorship in all these different lanes, it gives us the power of being authentic. Um, So that's a part of it. I would say for me, I didn't have mentorship growing up. I didn't have, I didn't see, I was weird. I was quirky. I was into (laughs) a lot of things that Most I didn't really know anybody else who was into, you know, I was into anime. I was into, you know, drawing and, you know, just whatever was a little offbeat. And I didn't I didn't see any black women doing that stuff. I didn't see any black women who were writing about the things I was writing about. Um, So and then, you know, being a multi potentialite, I'm somebody who's always had multiple passions. There's so many people like that. You have so many things that you're interested in and it's really hard to choose a lane. Can we, can we get mentors who are doing many things? Um, so no, I didn't have mentors growing up. Now I have mentors and I seek them out. Yeah. Um, I actually have my eyes on a, on, on a woman and I love what she's doing and I'm gonna email her. I've already got the email drafted up. <laughs> I'm just <doing laughs> your plan. I yeah. seek out people who... I like, and I admire, and I try to spend time with them so that I can become more of, of who I wanna become. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I also love mentoring others. I have I have several mentors and they I love when they call me, I will stop whatever I'm doing when they call me. <laughs>
4: um,
5: <laughs> because it's just, it's essential. And I think all of us need to be doing that, no matter who you are or what you're doing even if you, you know, get to the point where you realize that you're a big deal. Get to the point where you realize that you are a big deal because you're you. Yeah. That because you're you, you have something to give and then give it back, especially as black men. That's why your podcast is so important. Your podcast is so important. People who you don't even know are watching are watching. They need you. You are already somebody's mentor and you don't even know it, you know? So um, so yeah, mentorship is essential.
3: I don't have us up in here crying though. And I was just <laughs> about to say you, you, you touched you touched on something sure. that was very important though. Like you you said you didn't see anyone like you who were into the things that you were into, and you touched on it also with the brown girls do gymnastics event, kids seeing kids that look like them doing the same thing they were interested in. And I think that's kind of just to take a full circle. To me, that's the biggest. Well, most important thing about gymnastics HBCUs is the representation that young black girls will see of seeing you know college you know a, a team full of young black women doing college gymnastics and they can say oh I can do that you know I can go to college and be a gymnast and they don't have to feel like you know because there's no I don't see anyone like me doing this that there's something I can't achieve so to me that's the most important thing is the representation for young women
5: absolutely if I sure. had seen like, if I had seen Black women visual artists, I probably wouldn't be here right now because yeah. I would have had the confidence yeah. to pursue creating art as a career. Um, I'm grateful that I'm here, though, because I love what I'm doing now. But, you know, it would have changed the trajectory of my life if I had just seen one. Yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. yeah. That's um, crazy, man.
2: For sure. Let me ask this. Um, as we get ready to kind of to wrap, first of all, thank you so much for coming it's on. Thanks. Um, very informative, very inspiring. Uh, for those who would like to help, how can they do that? As far as the you know, Doug Williams Center, how how what are some ways we can help out?
5: Uh yeah, how you can support the Doug Williams Center? I love this. Nobody ever asked that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Trying to do our part, too, you know. Yeah.
5: So here's what you can do. You can go to Mm DougWilliamsCenter.com. Click Join the Huddle. Um, You won't be sorry. The Huddle is not just a newsletter, which it is. It's a great newsletter that gives you an overview every month of all the social advancement in sports, um, the high points. Um, But also, you get exclusive access and first look at what we're doing next we ask you for your opinions on what we're doing, what we're working on, what should we be working on. You get to weigh in on the work. Um, and also you get first access to our research. You're the first person to, to get your hands on the newest case study. Um, so join the huddle, make sure that you're following Doug Williams Center on all of our social media platforms so that you are in the know about what's next, what we're doing, where we're gonna be, how you can uh, be a part of events, um, and then, you know, there's gonna be more opportunities and more different ways for people to support in the, like, in the near future. It really depends on what you're doing. If you're interested in partnering with us, then you can go to the Doug Williams Center. There's a, a menu option that says engage and one of the drop options is partner with us. If you are a researcher or a student interested in researching diversity, equity, inclusion in sports, past, present, or future, also go to the, the website and click study with us. Um, so those are the three primary ways that you can engage. And, um, and we would be happy to talk to, you know, whomever wants to really invest in this work.
2: See, you good. Cause that was going to be my next question. So thank you so very <laughs> much. <laughs> um, again, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us, um, providing great us really a, with you. great information great information of and again very inspiring um
5: thanks for having me i'm so oh, grateful uh, thank please. you for inviting me.
3: oh no problem hopefully we can do this again and kind of get into some of the nfl and you know non-gymnastics things that the doug williams center is doing i would love to awesome. all right appreciate it greatly appreciate all it. right
2: ladies and gentlemen that was our very special guest miss raven thistle uh, marketing and PR director at the Doug Williams Center. Thank you again, Miss Raven, for joining us.
3: Man, All right. that was great.
2: Ooh, that was informative.
3: Uh, I, was, I see, uh, I was in class, like, I feel like I got <laughs> preached, taught, everything, man. Hey, for, uh, my, for
1: my guy who asked the Jersey, this is our Jersey, baby. Get you, one.
2: Get you one of Marvel. these. Said Daniel, "What jersey is that? Yeah, that's the Golden Boot jersey, man." Hey, this
1: I had to get you one of
2: these. Yeah, all right. Let's see who else. Uh, and you got a special message from my from my niece. Said uh you need to read her message. Hey, yeah, Daddy. my baby,
3: my she baby told me to tell Poo and Daniel that she's selling chocolate bars for school and she need y'all to send her some money. I'm on a diet. Gotcha. You. <laughs> you ain't gonna eat it. Just send her the money. <laughs> I, got, I, got man, I, got man, I got you. I got you. All right. Uh
2: we got uh we got our other guests backstage. Let's go I'm going to uh run through these basketball real quick. Real quick. So right. we can get to them. Uh in the SWAC, Southern still undefeated and leading the conference. <laughs> in the MEAC, Morgan State only undefeated team in competitive MEAC. Well, yeah, so. Uh prayer view women. Ended the Jackson Straight uh Jackson State streak at 34. Jackson State had a 34-game swack streak. Um, and they took them out. Uh Jackson State bounced back very quickly. uh the very next game and blew somebody out by uh I want to say by 34.
3: Uh in yeah. the next game for uh Prairie and Southern. Wasn't that the the women? Wasn't that the next game after that? For
2: no, no, I'm talking about the next game for Jackson State. Oh, you said know. for Jackson State. I guess, I guess. Yeah, next game for Jackson State. They got, yeah, they, they beat somebody. They said, yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Um, but all right, folks, I know they ain't what y'all here to talk about. Michelle, uh, let's go. So let's go ahead and introduce our next guest. Let's do it. Coming to the Golden Boot for, I mean, I'm sorry, excuse me, HBCU Hour for the first time. We have Mr. Jerry Jones, Jerry W. Jones, not no relation to that one. Uh, <laughs> and then welcoming back, we got our cousins. We got Dave, yeah, from Down South Football, and we also got our man Renaud, from Down South Football. Fellas, welcome
6: back.
3: We in this thing, yeah. Deep, What's going deep. on, man? All right, how y'all What's doing, man.
6: First of all, let me come on. Let me, man. We don't know. Complain off the top. Oh,
3: and oh, oh, oh Lord!
6: What's going on? Get it started. We might we're going to get a start <laughs> You know, Bernard clearly had a photo shoot. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> he had the, you mop, know man, the blazer. That's okay. Who? <laughs> <Pooh. clears throat> Cause I got some coming. I got Dave
2: Dave Dave, Dave, Dave. 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 I'm gonna tell you how. I'm gonna tell you how bougie uh, Renardi. I said. Oh I said, wow, Renaud, this is
7: about to get stormy. Okay. I,
2: uh, <laughs> I, I picked out. I picked out a picture. You know, what I'm saying nice picture. I had had it laid out. Oh, the lies start already. Okay. Cause I don't like that picture. Oh you live. I was, I was, oh, I was, all we I doing, doing the live. I dude? The I want. <laughs> oh
3: man. It was them it, it was
2: them glamour shot pictures. I'm talking about I had wow. to take out it was some clouds in the background. <laughs> <All> the, <laughs> it was some it was some flowers. I had that's why I can't use this. I had to take can, all that out. That's why I had to cut out, but nah, nah.
7: You can't you can't be lying on this good Lord day like that, man. You can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. Tell them lies, dog. Oh, oh man. So,
1: Hey, then we got Peabody legend, Mister Jones.
8: You know, you you really went back when you said Peabody, (laughs) way back. Yeah. All right. Oh, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) Most people don't know I graduated from Peabody. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes,
2: sir. All right, fellas, now. It's a very interesting and a reason why we got everybody on. Um, uh, Ed Reed made some comments, uh, that kind of <laughs> brought shockwaves to the uh HBCU community. Uh, first, let, let's, let's play Ed Reed's comments.
0: Prime was not wrong about what he was saying, all y'all out there with y'all opinions. Full of crap, don't know shit. But needless to say, I just pulled up to work. Try to, um, we're gonna try to help y'all too, man, because I know a lot of HBCs need help. I'm just here to help here first. I see it all too clearly. All our HBCUs need help. And they need help because of the people who's running it. Broken mentalities out here. I'm going to leave y'all with that, man. I got to get in the office. I hope y'all be blessed out there. 336, I see you, my bro about to pull up in the office bro i gotta get out here my guys already out here working i've been here for a week and a half i've been here for a week and a half and have done more than people that have been here in freaking years and i'm not even hired yet damn shame i holla. i've been muttoning and showing shit i chose not to but now I'm out here walking with the football team Picking up trash But I'm mutting us Man, get out of here, man I should leave I'm not even under contract doing this I'm mutting us Man, get out of here, man They mutt me These motherfuckers ain't even clean my goddamn office when I got here I'm mutting y'all Get your ass, man Come on, man Come on, man All this shit here was trash in front of me Who you think got this shit cleared out? That building right there got trash in it. It's fucking trash. What are you talking about? You need no goddamn donuts to come out and help out because people just want money. That's why I don't hell. That's why I do fuck with social network. Fuck out of here, man. Network. He said, he said, don't,
2: don't don't come
3: out.
1: He said where we know donors.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. <laughs> trying, to trying to figure out where the airport comes coming from. from.
1: Is that Jerry Yeah, I think it's Jerry. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. You might have to, might have to.
2: Okay, yeah, we lost a video as well, Jerry. Yeah. Um. So, that was Ed Reed. Since then, we've had uh, Eddie George and Coach Tamika Reed say something kind of different. Let's, let's hear from Eddie George first.
4: And the bigger issue, you know, the school is fighting is the money that's owed to them from the land grant money that's been owed to them for the last 50 years. And that's something that can be a huge shot in the arm for our institution. And we have to be responsible enough to then take that money and put it toward infrastructure, put it toward new buildings, put it toward a robust endowment that can continue to build, to grow, and to set up other funds that's gonna deal with the maintenance and the everyday use for our student athletes and to bring in the talent and teachers where we are well staffed. So there, there's a, an opportunity there. Tennessee State, has the bones to be a, a really? For, I mean, it's a good. There's a great institution, but now it's time to go from from good to great yeah. to to eminence to being exceptionally great with those opportunities, with those funds, and and so forth. So that's cool. that's so what that's, I'm fighting for. Right. Now. That's what I'm fighting for. Eminence to be exceptionally
2: great with with those yeah. opportunities. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, um, Here's Coach, Here's Reed's, Coach uh, Reed's uh comments. comments. Coach Reed, Tamika Reed from Jackson State uh basketball team. She said coaching at an HBCU is not for the weak. You're going to fight battles internally and externally. And if your program experienced any type of success, it will be even harder. I chose to come back for the fight to truly even uh to truly even the playing fields and do something that's never been done. Uh, somebody commented back said, <clears throat> why does coaching at HBCUs have to be an exercise and sacrifice and accepting lesser than? No student should have to live in moldy dorms, not be able to access a clean dining hall. No coach should have a filthy office. Why? And Coach Reed resp- rep- uh, replied back, I can't speak on that. That's not my experience or struggle. I didn't accept a job that was a sacrifice or accept less than I accepted an opportunity to stamp a place with already great winning tradition with respect. If you don't see it, try not to speak on it. My office pick. Yeah. Uh, fellas, first off, uh, I'm trying to think. Was uh how to how to put this? I guess the first thing. Um,
3: What's your Aerie's, thoughts on the Ed Reed comments? Yeah, much. yeah, I was gonna say, say Aerie,
2: yeah. Aerie said that that Dion was right and stuff like that. Was he right? Were they right?
8: Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go
2: ahead. Yeah,
8: go ahead oh, no. he was right. Both of them was right. The reality is is that for years, and I mean for years, can you guys hear me clear enough? Yes, yes. For years, we have experienced mismanagement at our HBCUs when it comes to leadership. This didn't didn't just start happening. Somewhere around, I'm gonna say, probably about the 70s or the 80s, especially state-run institutions, when they understood that politics is what rules these institutions, And that there are boards, that there are organizations and entities, there are senators, there are are legislators who are creating and putting people in positions. And you have people in positions at these institutions that aren't qualified to work at the 99 cent store. That's the God honest truth. I know a few of them. Some of them are my friends. They know they're not qualified for the jobs that they have. And so you have people there who have been mismanaging our institutions for years. We take pictures with the governor. We take pictures with our senators and our legislators. They come to church and kiss our babies. And then guess what they do? They go right on by their business and put people in office in positions who are not prepared to manage higher educational institutions. And so he wasn't lying. There's no need, there's no reason in today's time period that that Deion Sanders should have ever been seen riding a lawnmower, cutting grass on anybody's campus. There is no, there, there's, I don't care if it was just for press. If I was the AD, get your behind off of that riding lawnmower. That is what we have other staff for. We did not pay you to come cut grass and landscape. But the fact is that the grass hadn't been cut for a while. That's the reality. And so somebody had to do it. And since the staff wasn't doing it, he had to do it. And so he wasn't lying. I actually been to Daytona Beach uh, recently. That trash was there. He was not telling a lie. It's sad, but it's the truth. And until we start holding people accountable, and, and I don't know why we want to beat up on the person who actually starts speaking out. It's like, it's that whole mantra of keep it in our house. Whatever happened in our household, don't you tell nobody else what's going on in this house. Well... It's kind of obvious. You can look and see. Can you imagine a football player who's leaving Florida State or leaving uh, USF or any of those other institutions in Florida? And he's trying to recruit them and they looking at trash all flying across the area that he's trying to recruit them to come and play football at that program. Come on. I, I don't even understand how this even became. An attack on Ed Reed. Now, I, I'm not going to tell you I condone his cursing. Uh, that part, I mean, he went on a full tirade, you know. But that's not my style, right? I, I would have been a little bit more finesse than that. But to each his own. But I, the the premise for him being upset and frustrated, I mean, it's quite obvious. We can see it in 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 many of our state ran um, public, you know, institutions. And Bethune-Cookman right now is having some internal issues with their alums. Their alums aren't trusting the administration. administration aren't really fooling with their alums too much. There's a lot going on with Bethune-Cookman. Uh, so none of this is surprising to me.
2: Excuse me. So let me ask you a question. Is this a Bethune issue, meaning you know, because with the trash and stuff, because we do know Bethune was hit by two hurricanes last year. Uh, they don't have a, a active president. They have an interim president. Uh, the AD is the head basketball coach. Uh, they've been on a hiring freeze, uh, and Ed Reed is, is technically not really officially hired. Uh, is this more of a Bethune issue and – Ed Reed, because the he kept he kept repeating, "I'm not even on contract yet. I'm not even on." Because so so it sounded more like personal. That you know, and I'm not saying there's not truth in in what he's saying, but it sounded a little bit more personal in, in his reaction. So, so is this more, is this more, of, more a of a
8: personal, personal Bethune Bethune issue, issue or, what? or
2: what?
8: I think it's both. I think. Bethune went out there and, and put social media information out there that they were closing a contract deal with Ed Reed and this happened before you know before, what, at, right after Christmas and everybody got excited right this this was Bethune cookman probably had more people follow they they Instagram and social media uh probably half of America didn't even know Bethune Cookman existed until, this came out. And once that came out, everybody kind of said, let me go check out this institution in in Florida. Well, you don't put that type of information out there. If you don't have at least some kind of rough draft, I do contracts all the time. Just being honest with you, my, my line of work, we do contracts, right? And if I'm an institution that has done a contract, especially a contract, you just got rid of your coach. You just hired your coach not too long ago. Right, what, nine years ago, eight seasons ago? So it's not like the contract got that much dust on it. You can't start a conversation of at least sharing a draft document with the man to start having some type of conversation as to what the end goal would be to sign this contract before you start putting information out on the social media uh, sites. I, I I just think it's, it's, it's another sign of poor management to me. Um, I didn't step foot into Texas until... Not only my offer letter, but every bit of information that I had. And if if they fired the the last coach, and he's been gone for a while now, you mean to tell me y'all just been leaving his office, sitting up there nasty and busted and disgusted the entire time, and nobody went in to clean up his office so they could prepare for the next person? Was they planning on closing the football program down? Like, it's just stuff that just... It just don't add up. It don't make sense to me. Let me, so let me I, I ask think you. It's yes,
3: personal yes, frustration, as well. Let me ask, let me you, ask you. You ask saying, you, say, you know, like you're like a a person. person. Would you, would take, you a take a job at a place, place? <laughs> without <I> visiting <laughs> visit the place, touring tour the, tour the place, and, and, and seeing see what the place looked like? Because in my opinion, if people went to the place, the facilities, would know what they were lacking and what trash situation was there and some of those other situations and it wouldn't be such a surprise to him when he got there if he would have you know kind of done his due diligence to a certain extent thanks
8: I I absolutely agree with you there's no way in the world I can tell you now uh, now in my earlier part of my career when I was hungry and trying to to grow and go uh, I, I probably would have accepted, you know, a, a, a job without seeing a, a facility. But being 15 years into economic development now, I mean, I've gotten five offers in the last two, three months now. And I just look at him and smile and say, thank you for the opportunity. But that's a different space and place. I mean, this man is hungry. He wants to be a head football coach and he more than likely wants to be on the next level. So he's looking he's in pursuit of excellence. The problem that we run into at our HBCUs is that folks who are there aren't looking to go to the next level. They have reached the level in which they aspire to be at. And so it's almost like somebody driving on an interstate and you got somewhere you need to be. And they're in the left hand lane and you're trying to get past them because you got somewhere you got to be. And what are they doing? They ain't in no rush. They just driving in the left-hand lane. It's the same situation. You go to a school and you're expecting them to have everything ready or at least be excited and engaged about it. And they looking like we're gonna be here when you leave, because we was here before you got here. And that's I mean, that's what you run into is that I call it the, you know, the way, right? It's it's the nature of the beast. And so um a lot of these um, big name um athletes and sports. Folks who want to become coaches at HBCUs, they're gonna have, they're gonna run into that. And and Dion talked about it a little bit. I knew what he meant when he came back after he got his, uh, after he got his new job at Colorado State. He came back and um, and kind of got you know a little bit more detailed as to why he was leaving. He he, if you if you're being transparent about how how things are ran and operated at HBCUs, you knew what the man meant. Now you might not have liked the fact that he added out. Our dirty laundry to the world, but you had to know what he was talking about. For sure. So, sure. Dave Renard,
1: what y'all got, man? I see y'all itching. You on mute? You on mute? I w- I
7: wouldn't say I-, I wouldn't say itching. Definitely not. uh I will let I will let Dave go first though, because I think Dave is gonna say something.
6: I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> Mr. Jerry, I thoroughly enjoyed your soliloquy and I disagree with 85% of what you said. And here's why.
8: I love Here it when people disagree now. with me. I really do. I don't <laughs> get it that much except
6: for my wife. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. Um, here's Let me start with what I do agree with you on. I do agree with um, every institution has their issues. I do agree that every office should have been clean. I do agree that if that trash was at Florida State, on the ground, it wouldn't have been there. I do agree. Now, here's the issue with some of this stuff. When you talk about air your dirty laundry, to the people that are not in the know, it makes it look or give the illusion as if HBCUs don't keep clean campuses. To people that's not in the know, you know what I mean? So when you go on a national stage, like a social media is worldwide, Oh, I don't pick up trash. Well, I know one institution that's up in Normal, Alabama. We have it's as clean as you're gonna get. They cut grass every goddamn on day. So with the Dion Coach Maynard ain't gonna be on no on no dog on more because they do that. So I guess the thing is that the problem with with airing it, some of the stuff is isolated. Uh, I had an issue with him saying Dion is right because is he right or is he wrong? I'm not saying Dion was wrong because every school has its issues. Uh, I just did a quick Google search. Western Connecticut State, uh, president since 2015 stepping down uh, because of allegations of financial mismanagement. Uh, corruption alleg- allegations that Oral Roberts, okay? Roxbury, and have heard of, Community College, president stepping down. Um, Quincy College, Liberty University. So I could go on and on with mismanagement or dirty laundry, but guess what? I didn't hear nothing about it, right? I didn't hear nobody on Liberty social media saying, hey, our president doing all this that, and the other. So does it happen? Heck yeah, it does. That's that's back to the 50%, Jared, I agree with you. So yes, it does. I think it's all about how you handle it, and I'll leave it right there.
7: Um, to start off, I will say that uh, I think Mr. Jones did a did an excellent job presenting everything that he said. And in his line of work, 100% exactly, he's he's probably right. The problem that we're dealing with right now, when we're talking about the state of a lot of HBCUs is that a lot of our people deal with social media. They deal with narratives. They deal with things that doesn't need to be handle outside we always talk about i'm not going to call out anybody in particular right now I'm say we talk about different people handling different things and how things are done under the light and nobody sees it and i get that there are some things like like what what Deion did some things had to be brought to light. some things were, was great that he kind of brought some things to light. some things doesn't do, does not need to be done in the public eye and the public eye A lot of people especially on these social media sites and i hate to say it like that no social media doesn't run the world but let's be real about 60 65 percent of a lot of stuff with hbcus is found out through social media sites so when i look at i'm like you just couldn't go to an office and go handle this You, you you just or even talk about it then if they don't do anything air it out then put them on blast. Talk about them. Bring it to the forefront. It's kind of like what Coach Reed was saying. It's like, look, man, we know there's gonna be some struggles, and we're trying to get there. And I'm with you. Some secrets in family. Let it be known. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's get it out. But coming from from strictly a, a sports point of view of it, I just look at and say that why do we need another black eye? You know, with our program, we cover HBCUs, and we cover Power Five, and being in a lot of different corners, I hear the conversations, and the conversation that the mainstream media like. (laughs) You go on CBS Sports site right now, there it is. Ed Reed apologizes for embarrassing, but then why is that? Why is this a conversation? And uh, then, like the comments and the people are saying, like, "Oh, HBCUs don't have facilities," and people having to put pictures up of <laughs> Bethune-Cookman facilities and the dorms and everything that they have. But I'm like, "Why are we doing all this?" But I I saw a small article here about when Harvard had this issue with mold and everything else. I see a, a small article here when the University of Alabama has this issue with mold and all these other things. It's like. We have to understand at the place of where we are. Let's talk about it. Let's definitely talk about it. But we also have to understand that we're trying to make ourselves better. We're trying to get to a better place. And if we don't treat each other right, then what we're we gonna do? Right. Renard, if I could
1: also say, of course, the way that it it came out, I I understand his sentiment, but I I, I don't like his tone. You know, I felt like it was very disrespectful um, to the institution. But at the same time, I look at it as, well, we have issues. You know, we need funding. We need help. We need assistance. I think is that's a better way to say it. But not only that, I think he, he did bring light to that institution and the help that they actually need. I think it could have been done in a better way, you know. But at the same time, who knows? Maybe this can create something um, that they can help. It can help. Assist the campus, uh, we're getting the funding that it actually needs,
2: but at his, what cost? Because on, it, the, a, the, a... it's like that's like beating up a woman, then say we need to get women's self defense classes. Because he, he was just, he
1: well, that's my that's what I'm saying. I don't think his 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 tone was not necessary, it did not help, but I understand yeah. his sentiment.
2: My my biggest issue, his apology wasn't as loud as his his uh, hmm. his it rant. never really is though. My, he, I, he, he didn't go he like, he 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 went on social media to 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 he
3: he could've he could have did a live stream like he did for you know, the other two video my biggest issue was one lack of professionalism you don't have a contract but yeah you're calling out the people who gave you a job out you know out their name um I find that kind of not only unprofessional but that's kind of out of line in my in my eyes but then the, the the comment that I had, the, the biggest problem with is I've done more in a week than people who've been here years. Yeah. And that's just a slap in the face that's to the, all the disgusting. people. that yeah th- Saying that I've done more in a week than people who've been here years is a slap in the face to all the people who work their blood, sweat, and tears at their institution to try to better every student who comes through those doors. And that's so true. I'm not saying that there isn't you know issues that Bethune Cookman and that they don't have things that they need to improve on, but slapping and disrespecting everybody who basically who came and who's doing work day in and day out at that institution is not the way to go about doing it, bro. And to me, that's that's completely out of line. And the fact that he tried to show the statue of uh miss mary but dr mary and you know basically saying i'm doing this for her you know but then just sit up there and disrespected everybody who's doing everything they can for her also is kind of disingenuous in a sense to me man and i understand that he he did have a point to a certain extent some of that could have been cleaned up you know and and it could have been handled before he got there true enough i'm not disagreeing with that but There's there's other ways he could have handled it. He could have been more professional and he couldn't have dis and he shouldn't have disrespected the people who work tirelessly at that institution. I mean, you got an interim president who basically you saying you done more than him, and he had to deal with two hurricanes since he's been there. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's I understand what he was trying to say is I'm out here trying to put in work. But you don't got to put the next man down and try to prop yourself up, especially when you don't know what the next man has been doing for years before you got there. And my, I mean, my thing
1: is too. Let's let's talk let's talk business. I'm not, especially on Eric Reed's level. I'm pretty sure he's seen a lot of contract. He's he's a lot of contracts. He's done a lot of business deals. I'm not stepping on anybody's campus, especially at that level without a contract. I'm not. And not only that, I'm not airing it out and saying I don't have a contract.
4: <laughs>
2: I'm that not doing you look that look either. like a fool. That
1: makes me yeah. look <laughs> like a fool, honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm just and that's my I don't understand that.
2: Let, let me have... ask this question. Oh go ahead, Pooh. I'm sorry. Oh right, no, I'm sorry. I right. let me ask this question. What are what is Ed Reed's coaching credentials?
3: hmm <laughs> Don't get me started on that, boy. <laughs> don't do it because I asked this question already. If Dion wasn't mean, qualified because all he was was a high school coach, then how is Ed Reed qualified? I asked this question already and I, you know, I caught some flack for it, but I'm just being 100%. Like, we're going to be 100. Let's be 100. So, a Hall of we, Fame we, player. All right. I'm going okay. okay. to play Okay. All I right. Mean, it, I mean, it, it, it's sitting right
8: there in front of you. He <laughs> is a Hall of Famer.
2: Okay. Let me, let me ask you this. How many? Because uh, we can say Hall of Famer, right? Uh, how many Hall of Fame players, realistically, are, are sus- very successful as coaches?
8: I don't know many of them that even want to come out and, and be bothered. To be honest with you, I, I
6: hate it's, to say I, that I, I, true. I it's true. I don't really. A lot of your
2: better. I'm be honest with you. A lot of your better coaches weren't great players, and a lot of your great players aren't good coaches. That's true.
3: Just it's true. It, it's not because you can play the game; don't mean you can coach the game.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I. And, I, and, and this and now this goes to your point uh uh, Jerry, uh about mismanagement because they went out and hired somebody who had no coach, coaching credentials but at the same time they're giving him an opportunity and this is what he turns it into well, and, well and let's well, say technically,
8: this tech, I'm sorry <laughs> technically to be to be legal they they have not hired him yet that's All very right. true. They haven't,
3: right. he had no contract signed. And honestly,
1: <laughs> and to Miss Nikki's point, he did serve on the Chris Miami staff
3: it. as he's, a special he's been, assistant he, he's to the yeah, right. special assistant. So
1: I mean, if honestly, he, he knows at, how to how to ruin a program if he needs to. He, <laughs> needs to. Um,
2: <laughs> he knows how to ruin one. Hey, but his, his that's his, what it sounded like. It, he said, huh? <laughs> you know how to
3: ruin a program. <laughs> if you look I'm not saying he gonna do that. Okay, so let me ask you this, Daniel. Would you hire to take it back, and would you hire Derek Panamsky to be your head coach because he was a special assistant to Ed Orgeron? No. So coach. being a special assistant, they, being a special assistant to the head coach doesn't mean you know how to run a program, does it?
1: Let me. You're 100 percent right, but let me add okay, this caveat: then. if Derek Panamsky was one of the best players to ever play the game of football, but that's not what you then said. Then I would have you to said, think about it. You said Especially he knows how to run a. If,
3: oh, you said on. because he was a special assistant, he knows how to run a program.
8: I never said, I, that. I,
6: I would, never I, said I, that. I would never say
8: this. I, I would bring y'all attention to this for a second, and I I want to say one of you, one of you triggered my thought on this, and I went, ah, I don't know if, if I even thought about that before. Not only would you not see this at other institutions, but we we have kind of danced with this. But one of the problems that you have here is that people, when he first got there. Um, figuratively, um, you know, everybody kept saying, Oh, this is Dion 2.0, uh, what have you. People who said that obviously didn't know who Ed Reed was. Ed Reed is not a well proficient and politically savvy and you know, type of guy that's not his style. First of all, he don't have y'all paid attention to his social media. The only thing that you going to get out of his social media is that he can smoke the mess out of some c- cigars. Okay? Like, <laughs> I, I, I hope he has stock in cigars. He that's does. He, he,
2: a, he owns a cigar shop. so that's Well, my, it makes sense I because, it. I, I mean,
8: that. that's th- that's all he got on there. So he's not really a personable put him in front of a microphone and put the media in front of him and start having conversations about the betterment of football and campus and student athletes and all that that's not his thing which is another thing that goes back to his if you know that you're hiring a coach who does not specialize in social media and we're in a social media age you have to do wraparound services and provide personnel to assist him if your overall goal is to get ed reed in To get your donors to be increased and to get more viability and more attraction to your university, and you know you're hiring somebody who don't like social media, you need to get someone to assist him with social media. And I'm not trying to blame Bethune Cookman for him going on a rant, okay? I promise
3: you I'm not doing that. But it's the reality. Let me let me ask you this: How how do we know that that wasn't the plan in place? And since he doesn't even have a contract yet, that that's what wouldn't they were going to do, and he just came out on a tirade, you know, before those parameters were put in place.
8: Well, I know for a fact that that that, that Bethune Cookman either allowed their PR people to go on a long vacation from Christmas to to New Year's, because as a person who don't who don't who's not even fully in a PR role, would never put out on social media yeah. that I'm I'm in a contractual conversation to hire somebody for sure. That's true. and yeah. just leave it at that. That's the last post I believe they make. It. Like this, it just don't. It is nothing about it says it, it was operating at even this part of a level, right? It it don't even so. Let alone up here, it just it's not. My wife would say it's not giving, it's it's just, <laughs> it, it ain't doing it. It's
1: just, yeah, it, it ain't doing it. <laughs> yeah, and, and let me also say this too like not to say anything bad about uh Cookman or anything, he was that 10th option, it's not like he was that first option. You well know, let's just so, say something so, about Reed, too wait, huh? wait, wait,
8: wait exactly wait now. That's impossible. That is impossible that they reviewed 10 other coaches before him, and that and that office was still dirty.
2: No, it it came out that they they had they offered or, or reached out to ten other coaches, and all well, ten why was, turned down. Why the
8: facility wasn't clean then. <laughs> was all the staff in there trying to conjure up who was going to be the coach? I'll say this because I, I, I was listening
2: Alabama. to uh, I was listening to uh, HBCU nightly. Shout out to the uh to to those guys over there. Um. And they were talking about this and, and some of the people were, were mentioning and it was a lady came in, uh, said she was a principal. Uh, and when she walked in, her office was dirty. And she just went in and cleaned it up because it wasn't that big a deal. I get it. You let me tell it. you, I've done I've, I've been promoted and I went
1: to a different location and I walk in my office and it's, it's filthy. I mean, it happens. Yeah. I mean, but I, I understand. I mean, this this we're talking about a division one football program at the same time. But did you, you know. did you throw a tirade? To myself well, he, I didn't
2: was know
1: happy, he was clear. happy have the
2: job.
3: That is true. So so <laughs> somebody, so as somebody who had went to multiple institutions trying to get a head coaching job and had got turned down, but finally got a head coaching job, why wouldn't you just be happy to have a job?
6: You know what? No, the, the another part of this. Two is that the the guys that we're dealing with, we talking about NFL guys, Hall of Famers. You think about the schools that they attended; everything was kind of laid out for them. Yes, sir. The Lead out, go to the professional. Everything laid out for, for them. They got million dollars in the bank. So, pretty much, what is he really doing for himself? Really? Uh, I mean, I don't know him personally, so I mean, I'm sure he has some assistants somewhere doing some things that he don't do. Uh, so, it's probably a little bit of sense of entitlement uh, there. I, I would say yep. that. Um, whether well, rightfully or wrongfully, right. I don't know. But, yeah, I think that's kind of what you're dealing with. Because if you're dealing with just a, a normal up-and-coming coach, man, he you sure worried about, about that. He's going to go get some Clorox wipes, some some uh, Lysol, some, some, some uh, band, and we finna going to go ahead and, and clean this office up.
1: Hey, he's about to go get yeah. a post and hang it on the wall. He ain't worried about
6: that. Mama, we
8: made it. We here, Mama. Exactly.
6: Look, we made it. <laughs> and let me mm-hmm. say this before
8: I um, forget. Alabama and m is one of the most pristine – campuses i've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. do you hear me i don't know if they get out there and cut grass with scissors but <laughs> he said, he said they, they, cut cut they cut it every day they cut it every day, my <laughs> every day. day. i was over here amen and when you said that That's- <laughs> you can't even see how I, I literally said how does the trash get picked up after the tailgate who does that like it's pristine on that campus, so it is, I, it is not every campus, right? Um, but I definitely say it is what he said and what Deion Sanders said definitely does not transfer or, or, or relate to Alabama and campus at that's all. True. That's true.
3: And I, I think I think that's another. My bad, Bernard. But no, I think ahead, a, I think that's another problem of what Ed Reed said and some of the comments that Deion Sanders said was that it kind of put a generalization on all right. HBCUs as Correct. if these, this issue affects all HBCUs or if mismanagement of funds happens at all HBCUs. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen some at some institutions, but mm-hmm. the problem is when you start making generalizations is you start lumping in innocent parties into wow. the false accusations. And I think that's kind of what damage is done because to the outside world, there's no difference between Southern University and Bethune-Cookman or Jackson State it. and Grambling University, State you University. Know you know it. what I'm saying? So whenever you start lumping in all these generalizations, okay, well, Alabama A&M is no different than North Carolina A&T. You know what I mean? In their mind, whenever it couldn't be further from the truth, you know? So I feel like damage was done whether he knew it or not, just by the way he said those things and kind of made it lump all HBCUs together. But that was by design. <clears throat> I hate to say it, but it is
8: by design. They know who their audience is. Their audience is not us. Yeah. I'm going to just put uh-huh. it like that. Uh-huh. I, we uh-huh. are not their audience. Uh-huh. Is
1: it for money, you think, Jerry? Huh? Is it for money?
8: It's not just for money. It's, it is what I call narcissism. It mm. is. I am here to help people, yeah.
3: and it's the, the Savior complex. Time, the Savior it's complex. Is it's it's that definitely Savior a complex. Because that, that Bible really that Bible verse came out right before that. If you looked at his thing, that Bible you verse that? came out. Yeah, the Bible verse came out about him being here. You know, I'm doing the Lord's work. You know, all that. It's a, it's the Dion. It's, it's the same blueprint complex. Dion listen, put out, man.
2: Listen, my our, our good friend LeBaron said. When they bring Jesus and God in it, it's a red nervous. flag.
8: I get nervous, and, and look, I'm a a, flag. I was a junior deacon back in in, in my in my adolescence <laughs> days. But whenever somebody bring up the Lord, I get I start looking over my glasses at them like, wait a minute, I'm about yeah, to get man. robbed. Hold on, wait, something right?
6: <laughs> my wallet. Yeah. I get oh, nervous. God. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and Jerry, and Jerry, I will say you up to twenty five percent of the things I agree with. Right now, so <laughs> we're we moving we in the right direction. We're moving we on up. Right there. There. Oh man, we're go, we go, we we gonna we're gonna get to the before we leave here. See, at, at
8: home, I'm always wrong, so I'm excited. I'm twenty five percent. Gotta go tell my wife. <laughs>
7: But oh, but to man. but to but piggyback on something like we talk about like the outside perception and everything that everyone is speaking on, but I mean you can even start with the, the hat that Daniel got on. Hmm. Oh. Everybody talked about that forever and ever and ever. Lord knows we got videos with 150-20,0 views just strictly off of us putting that putting that putting that up there about what, what coach Robinson had to say. I like you said. The, I want your apology. Be allowed the madness, and there's people today still commenting on that video saying how wrong Coach Robinson was, and Deion gone.
8: Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't around on this podcast when that statement come came up, but I will tell you this: that that statement will continue to haunt him for a while. And and I, I will say this: this this group. This, this conference called the SWAC is, is a club. It's a, it's a group of universities who, for the most part, have experienced similar situations within their state governments, within their donor bases. They're, very, they're not that far off one another. They're very close, which is why everything, even down to sports, even to, ath, to um, academics, is very, very, very close to one another far as rankings are concerned to a degree, right? And so we kind of all have similar issues. When you look at what he said about Dion, what that says is, is that if someone comes into the, into a, into a university who does not have a SWAC football background and they come in that they have to literally sit in the back of the room and be quiet and they cannot be themselves because you will get upset with them and say that they aren't Swag. But they didn't beat you like a bass drum. <laughs> they didn't but
3: beat did not though? Like a but did he, he though? I, I, but did I, I don't he, though? He ain't beat I him like a bass I, drum, but he beat Let, let me say this.
8: I, I don't know, because he, he hadn't like said that
2: about Coach Maynard. Coach Maynard let me Maynard say, is not
8: Swag. didn't come from a Swag I, school. I, I, he didn't say that about
2: Coach Maynard. He didn't say that about uh Willie Simmons either. Willie Simmons didn't come from a Swag school.
8: It It was personal. That's the truth. It was personal. The man just didn't like how cocky and arrogant yeah. Dion is. And so he want, he lashed out in an emotional situation and said, you ain't swag. That, and get this. Can I say this? All he did was say what the other coaches wanted to say, but they didn't have the gumption to say it. Now, that me and you agree with. because They all felt that way. They we can tell you was, that. They would never say it. And he was in passion, got angry, and said the hell with it. I'm gonna <laughs> say,
7: well, we I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Pooh I mean, y'all was with us at, at Swack Media Day. You know how it was, you know what the vibe was when we were sitting in there. And then we was able to talk to everybody, and then here comes when every other, excuse me, mainstream reporter comes in, they ran right to the they ran right where? Yeah. Um, right. ran right to that table. No. and there was even some coaches then who spoke about it but at the same time i still say that coach robson is getting a is getting a bad is getting is getting a bad rep about it fine but what's he said everything he said is not wrong maybe the matter that it happened but everything he said is not wrong that was that was just my biggest thing about I'm like well maybe it could be right but that's not the way that that situation blew that situation blew was like like, 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 Dion was the gospel,
3: and you not, yeah. like, the gospel gonna be a problem? Yeah, I, I, I say this. I, I don't think necessarily that that statement. Well, let me say it. In a way, it does apply to everyone who didn't play football in the sweat. You're, you're correct, but I don't believe that's how he meant it. I believe he meant it as. There's other people who didn't come up and play swag football, but they didn't come in the house and start saying, hey, your dishes ain't washed. You need to take the trash out. You got dirty clothes, too. So, you know what I mean? They just came in and sat down and be quiet about what was going on. And not saying that that's right or wrong, but in a certain, in a way, you don't disrespect it. You know, when you were brought, you like you say, it's a club. They invited you into their club don't yeah. come in here disrespecting it. You know what I mean? Not saying you can't point out what's right or right or wrong, but you come in there trying to make it yours in a sense and try to change the whole thing into your club. And not every coach is doing that. Not Don't every mean, coach who isn't swag is doing that. So you know that, that go back to statement doesn't apply to everything, right? To everyone. Let, let
1: me say this too, also, especially whenever you come in into a room that you've never been before, you don't come in loud. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You in. come in expect you come in with your head down ready to work. That's how you get your respect. That's how you earn the respect to everybody on that campus. So the fact that you he came in that way, he probably lost 80 90% of the, uh, the room anyways. Yeah. So it's going to be hard for him to get anything done at Bethune, just being honest, if they decide to keep him, if they decide to do they, a contract.
8: They ain't got no choice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, what you what you at this point it's a bad look for both parties if the if, if he's not the coach though yeah because
8: now you to fire me because i told him
3: you. exactly and then well and he didn't have a contract he, so technically not, can't well run. but that's the thing that's the thing you hired me but then you decided you didn't want me no more because i came out and said something on, on social media and at the same time it's like You wanted a job, and you ruined your only chance you got at a job because you couldn't stay off social media. So it's a bad look for both parties if he's not the I think it's worse for Ed Reed, though,
1: if he gets fired. Bethune will be fine.
8: No. I don't know. Not if if they had
1: 10
3: people turn him down already.
8: No, they won't. They won't be fine. And guess what? If anybody's going to be fine, he's going to be fine. Because guess who's going to take him right on back? Miami. Thank you. He's going right on (laughs) back to Miami. One thing you got to learn is that if you play for them, i don't care how far you go in life and how far away you stray away they always gonna have a seat at the table for you that man will always have an opportunity they don't care if he just in there just got his feet up on the table and watching google map right they're gonna have him a position in an office at miami every if forever he will always be able to have something there walking on that sideline
7: that part is 100% true. But I, Have I, I
6: gotten past it. 25 yet? Yeah, yeah. man, you, you, you're at about 40% right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
7: question is, what do you got to do to get to 50
0: Ah right, man, time to to run out on it, man. Try oh, <laughs> exactly right. I
7: just
3: I just, just want to know what he got to do to get to fit. He's going to stop at 49.5 and then Yeah, gonna... <laughs> man.
2: <laughs>
3: so, um
2: I guess I asked what what can what can be done to salvage this relationship?
8: When <laughs> Back.
6: Yep. Back. Winning that's solves true. All
8: everything. Okay. That is
3: true. That's the magic elixir right there.
6: <laughs> but, but here's the thing I think he's so far behind eight ball.
3: That's if another wins It
6: won't be this year.
3: Yeah. Uh-uh.
8: Yeah. It
6: won't be this year. Yeah.
8: He just can't be like another school
6: I know that's two and nine this year. As
8: long as he um, well, can.
6: Well, I'm I'm, not, I'm take I'm gonna take I'm gonna take them and the boys, though. I'm gonna take the other school you're talking about. They probably the favorites. You
2: am talking about uh
6: Valley. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Valley? We we Valley.
3: Yeah, you talking
6: about Valley? Talking about <laughs> Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Be one of them. Both of them got two wins.
3: Yes. <laughs> gremlin had three oh, wins, so don't, oh, do, don't do gremlin like that, man. Oh, that's what y'all that. not gonna do now. That's what y'all <laughs> not gonna do. <laughs> not gonna do <laughs> I'm sorry, I <I'm> forgot <laughs> about why to <laughs> no, oh, know, one nobody. that one win. I'm gonna say why
2: why
8: why Valley catches trays? Nobody nobody picks on That is one school that everybody be like, oh, y'all. Yeah. Leave that. He's the cool cousin. Leave him alone. Now nothing, <laughs> he minds his own business, and he don't. He played. He
6: played fast. Just leave him alone. But you know what? I I, I know this is all, topic, but if if Valley still had the head coach, I really would pick them as favorite in that game. But go ahead.
8: I agree. But I mean, he played well. I might still pick him as is. the
3: favorite.
8: <laughs> you me? He played well in the sandbox, so you see what he is now. Yeah, 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 he did Exactly. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> kept everything close to he the rub,
3: place, Yeah, like. he rubbed the right elbows, man. He rubbed know? the right
8: elbows. I knew he was favored whenever um Dion went down there and commended him and started saying all kind of I said, like, Oh well, he going he going he gone with him whenever he do decide to leave. Yeah, it was Does Dion
2: still help build that stadium?
8: Uh at what school?
2: <laughs> Remember, he didn't he, did he tell Valley, Oh, we're gonna help y'all get a stadium build. Oh, stadium.
8: Valley gonna keep them bleachers. they, they mm-hmm. <laughs> Valley gonna keep them bleachers. Dion ain't going back to itabena. Now, oh, he, he may land in Jackson's uh airport, but uh, a time yeah. or two, I think he's gonna end
3: up going back. To well, he, go, he gonna come uh, back to Jackson because Shiloh gotta graduate. Now,
8: wasn't that interesting, y'all? <laughs>
3: See, that he got a girl trying to
7: take me places. I ain't going now. <laughs> that
3: boy <laughs> really no, no
8: wait. Shiloh really wanted to, he really enjoyed the HBCU
3: experience. He
8: did, he did. That boy, he, I mean, he just was in love with the HBCU experience. Yep.
3: So I mean, Gun- what well, I'm t- Gun- look
8: at me, I'm trying to take you places.
3: He gonna be he gonna be mad when Colorado don't got no drum majors. <laughs> <laughs> they already mad
7: about the housing right now, but I saw I, I watched VL the video where he was talking about, yeah, I saw <laughs> was talking that, about yeah. the housing and stuff. I'm like, You ain't in Jackson no more, bro. Ain't <laughs> <Jackson> no more. <laughs> you in Colorado, son. Welcome yeah. to the real estate world.
3: Yep.
6: And yep. it's expensive.
7: Damn. It's expensive, expensive.
6: And see, and see, Shiloh had already, here's the thing. Shallow had already been to a power to a power five school. Mm-hmm. So yep. he got a chance to experience that. When he yep. came down to Jackson State, it was more about the culture. Yes, sir he's seen the it, glamour so when yeah. he brought it to the culture he didn't want to turn
3: that loose man when, when that boy good. said
6: he went to the band room and practiced with the band yep. I
3: went, yep. what <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when i knew that's when i knew he really loved being <laughs> at hbcu bro it wasn't oh, he yeah. wasn't really like his dad had been uh obviously was part of it but he He wanted to be there because of the culture and everybody around and the environment, you know, and everything that comes with being at HBCU, man. That's that—that was was the attraction to him. Making his own path. Yeah. Po State. I feel so sorry for
8: that. (laughs) How you feel sorry for Jackson? I'm just saying, you know, when you get when somebody break up with you, (laughs) you know, you just you gotta go through a grieving moment. Well, we at fifty percent.
6: God dang, we at 50%. At I ain't think we're
8: going to get that. We at 50%. God. I ain't going to say that. I ain't going to say that on that point. I'm just saying, you know, it's sad. You know, they would play their little song saying, go ahead on and leave at the SWAG Championship game, and they were singing it with their chest. Yeah, we would there.
7: Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Dave were definitely on the sideline singing along with our other two partners we were definitely that. it oh, was strong now but
6: the crazy part about that song in the moment it wasn't not it, that it. way the DJ was playing a lot of blues songs you know you had the idiots in the stand <laughs> By Dion bye Dion we were just vibing man I knew all the blues songs too uh, I knew
8: all was vibing through
6: too
7: you know what's the crazy part about, like you just said, it didn't even pop in our head it, until we saw it like somebody had posted it like quickly, yeah. like on social media. It was like, oh,
3: yeah. we might the not get the post-game the, conference but, but doing this. The, <laughs> petty the, the petty was there. The petty was there. Oh, honest. it was definitely uh, there.
8: Let's be honest. That game, that championship game, was probably the most solemn I've ever seen Jackson State fan base. It was like they, like the, the, the guy had just took the girl in the back and said, Hey, we're going back out here in front of this camera, but I just want to let you know that we're not going to be together no more, okay? And literally, they walked back in and the camera got right in their face, and they was looking like, Yeah, that's what it looked like. That's yeah. everything about it. They couldn't even celebrate, they couldn't even yeah. really cut up and talk noise to us when they beat us. They couldn't. They was. They was just like, scoring. He, he, he gone, and he really did leave. I mean, he didn't even get up there to touch the the, the trophy. He was up. He, he
7: he was up there for a little while. That ain't what I saw.
8: I saw him yanking his wife down off that stage. Now that's what I saw. But I mean, hey,
7: y'all had a closer mm. view than me. I mean, we we left a little bit beforehand. We went on to the back to try to get a closer of the supposed to be. Uh-huh. Oh, you went to to the press
3: conference, the non-existent press conference. Well,
8: somebody was back there interviewing. Oh, Ashley was there. Y'all
3: gonna stop all these Deion Sanders slander? The the AD, the AD AD was there.
4: What the slammer
3: at? i just saying. No, sick. that wasn't the AD. That was Doctor McClellan. Doctor McClellan was sitting was there. Yeah, yeah, he that was, was sitting back. at the table. No, no, no that wasn't that wasn't McClell- McClellan. That was Andrew. That was Andrew. That was Andrew Yeah, yeah, yeah Okay, Andrew. yeah, Andrew. That's yeah. who it was there. Yeah, I about to say it was one was person the- at the table by themselves looking lonely.
7: Well, after Southern left, we were standing right there, and I was standing right there, and I got that's how I got that picture right up there, and yeah. then you know that's when the phone call went down, like, hey, he won't be coming. I mean, which we already <laughs> knew. And then Andrew was like, I like, I to tell y'all, the uh, Co Sanders and Vol, I'll be going back for the emergency team meeting. And then, like, I didn't try to get a picture like the way the picture came out, because the, yeah. picture, the picture kind of came out like, you done left me standing, but it just yeah, don't happen exactly in that moment. Like, there, he looked lonely, like, man. Hey, <laughs> it is. It, it, it was like, that's when everybody got up. Everybody, you know, in that little small room was like, I ain't gonna say what they said, but it was like, it was like let's go, let's go. That's just where it was. But no, ain't no slander, Daniel. Come on, of man. I'm
1: just messing, I'm just messing. But let me no, let no me at, let me ask y'all this. Let me ask y'all this. Now we didn't we we touched on uh Ed Reed. What about Eddie George?
3: What y'all think about his comments? That's oh, how uh, you handle it. If as yeah. a coach, that's how you handle it. He admitted that we have problems and that there has been problems, and we need to be, you know, um smart and you know handle it the appropriate way the right way but at the same time he he pointed out the truth and that there has been underfunding and there has been times where we were are missing money as hbcu's missing money that could help advance the furtherment of our institution whether it be infrastructure whether it be you know uh better teachers better research whatever the case may be that's what that money for that for those things comes from is the funding that we're missing from the government. Y'all. Yo. Finna, you finna drop, Dave. He's about to go back down about 35, <laughs> He
1: about to say something
8: crazy. <laughs> Yo.
7: I, I see this stock going down.
8: <laughs> it. Me too. It. Me I too. It. Dropping. Eddie Joe. <laughs> he did what I would have done pending the right paycheck was posting to my account. He was extremely political and savvy and, and wise, and he said all the things. But if you know Tennessee State, the way I know Tennessee State, you know that he don't believe half of what he got up there and said. Oh, man. Because one thing he knows is that Tennessee State could have and should, and he he danced with his words a little bit. <laughs> but Tennessee state has always been in a space where it could have climbed past several of the other HBCUs. And for a myriad of reasons, it continued to shoot itself in the foot. Can I give y'all one example? Who, who is the most, the most important alum of their institution? Uh, Tennessee state. Oprah (laughs) Winfrey. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? She's the bigger donor at Spelman. I got all the time mm-hmm. in the world. My wife don't expect me to come from downstairs for a minute. Y'all explain <laughs> that to me. Y'all be on
6: that. One. I don't oh, know, man. You, you you get
8: where I'm going. The woman graduated from Tennessee State University. Okay, so you got to ask yourself a question: If she graduated from Tennessee State University, what? <laughs> What's with going on? in a relationship. Thanks. There you go. So they've had a history of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Eddie George, he, he said all the right things. Eddie George said, yeah, politically what you, correct." What you say when your woman is in the room? And I'm gonna leave it. You don't, you don't think he believed it? I think I it believe was very he convincing. half of what he said. And okay. if his direct deposit posted today. And it was it was made today. I believe he believed fifty six percent of what he said.
7: Can I just say what a co- what a, what I was told one time from someone very connected? If a coach <laughs> is breathing, he' lying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You better know it. And I mean, I mean, so you know, what I mean, I'm not saying Eddie was wrong. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of I what do. Eddie was saying. I'm just saying it's like that. I just feel like the way he handled it was a much better way to handle Absolutely. the situation. It's just like anything else. Like this is just what coaches do. Coaches go, they recruit, they do a lot of things. They got a lot of stuff going on. They know how to. They know how to play with the words. Right. The ones who don't are not successful. The it's ones true. who mm-hmm. do, they know how to keep going on. Think but up. In this case, Ed at least took the problems, brought it to the forefront, and said, "Here's a solution." It's just like when you're in charge of like other people, if you're managing, you say, okay, what's the problem? Fix what's it. the solution? Bingo. What are we going to do to fix Bingo. it? Not like, oh, here's the problem. Let's all get together and just have a you-know-what fest and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that that was the issue, I think, on the other side of what we were looking at was like, okay, we're just going to sit here and talk about all this stuff right here and then you're going to further bring down the narrative of that, hey, these, these HBCUs are not doing what they need to do. And it's like, that's just some of them is not, that's just further from the truth. Stop clumping them all into one category because Dave is a graduate of alabama a and i A&M. I'm a graduate of Stillman College. I don't even put those two in the same same category with each other. Those are two totally different HBCU universities and, and colleges. That's just, that's, just what, that's just what they are. We just have to do better about that part about making sure that we are getting each other back and doing everything yep. that we can well, for each sure. other.
3: For sure. So so let me ask y'all this. What should we take from this? From from every situation and from, you know, situations like this? I want to hear Dave <laughs> comment. Oh.
6: <laughs> man, you know, man, how can I say this? I think sometimes as a race, we have to learn to get out our own way. Mm-hmm. and I mean that very respectfully what I mean is that we've been so disenfranchised, a lot of us through our upbringing and the first thing that don't go out, way, I knew it, I should have dealt with him, I should have dealt with them I, 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 you hear it all the time if it was an XYZ business it wouldn't have went this way listen, I think what we have to realize is that no matter what race, creed or color anybody is, everybody got dirty laundry
8: Absolutely.
6: And, and and just because the dirty laundry comes from somebody looks like you don't mean that they dirty laundry more dirty than what's over here. Absolutely. So, so that's where I believe.
3: Yeah. That's a good point, brother.
7: Mr. Jerry, y'all back 50-50 right now?
8: Oh, we we, we back 50-50. I I, I do, <laughs> do, 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 do want to yeah. add one thing to Tennessee State situation. Okay. <clears throat> one of the things that i always say is that leadership matters right and when you look at who's the president at tennessee state now not talking about previous years right but if you look at who's the president now of tennessee state um madam president glenda glover you look at her at her she screams innovation right and she's always well put together. She reminds me of a um, a, a much younger um, Ruth Simmons, Dr. Ruth Simmons. They, they she's she's very 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 classy, refined, um, and so things that come out of uh, administrators' mouths or out of their um, press releases are going to always uh, reflect uh, who she is as president. So. Eddie, mm-hmm. that's why that's the only reason why I'm giving Eddie such a hard time because I know that Eddie probably wasn't a hundred percent in on putting these words together, which hey, that happens. He's a coach. Namely yeah. coaches that's going off of their, you know, um, you know, Ed, Reed. Ed Reed.
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ed you could no, why we here wrote, and you can All tell right. Eddie wrote that, you could tell he wrote Bingo. that tweet itself too.
8: Yeah. He man, have
3: nobody right there for him. And that was his tells, words.
8: Glenda Glover ain't about to let nobody write no tweets. Oh, uh, <laughs> she ain't playing there. <laughs> and if y'all don't know who I'm talking about, go check her out. She is, um, I wouldn't even call her up and coming cause she, she is in the role now. Uh, but extremely amazing leader and, and has hired several people that I know at Tennessee state and brought them on board. Um, to advance their cause, so it doesn't shock me, and I wouldn't be surprised if one day I do hear uh, that Oprah has decided to return uh, back to support them. Um, but if I'm Oprah and I've had bad experiences in previous administrations, this one is going to take a little time to get me yeah. back warm and fuzzy with them. So um, I, we know what Eddie did, but Ed, it's gonna have a, a hard road. But the best way for Ed to is to turn this around is to win.
7: And then also continue to just shut up. <laughs> I would I would to go say that just <laughs> I wasn't gonna say just shut up, but you know you're gonna have to be more mindful of your words and what you're saying and who you're saying it to. Speak you know, up. that's just that's just that's just kind of where we are. And, and I have a, a question for the golden boot. Oh lord is, is, is my friend is my friend Chuck on the broadcast
3: today. Oh yeah, my boy here yeah. 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 Chuck
2: is definitely here.
3: Okay. Yeah. I just, oh, oh he did my...
2: correct. He did correct y'all earlier. He said Dion and Trace Edmonds are dating. They are not married. He wants yes, y'all. Yes,
7: one hundred percent. You are one hundred percent right about that. And I, I, I wanted to make sure that Chuck was on here because you know every week when I tune in personally, I'm like, okay, Chuck is the Chuck is is the librarian. He gives everything you want to know in. It's like a mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. is. He. I, I just. I just never, never cease to amaze me. Him and Doctor Cavill are like. You know, oh, of course, yeah. we know Dr. Cavill personally, and you know he's about to be on our show here soon. It's like, okay, Dr. Cavill is like, whoo. Yes. them two between him and you get him and Chuck in the room, man. <laughs> man. Look, we can get us, we can get up, we can get us a move, we can get us a deal on Netflix or something. They gotta, they're going
3: right to talk about Gremlin and, and playing in New Jersey in 1958, and uh, <laughs> 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 and,
8: and look, my, my to my Alabama friend, I just wanted to point out that uh, you said that you don't see. Other scandals being celebrated. I just got through watching the whole documentary on Liberty University. So um, yeah, if, yeah. if if they can get, I don't want no HBCUs to get to the scandal level that they got. Right, 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 right. Oh, that,
2: that was the that USC.
6: Was, that was the Liberty University. Exactly.
2: Yeah, that, the, the the Liberty scandal was a little bit. different oh, yeah, that was. Yeah, the, oh, it's yeah. off
6: the chain You got to go. Yeah, see that was.
8: Yeah, that's yeah, wild yeah, that, that's <laughs> why I might
2: not <laughs> ever, I might not ever own a pool.
1: But a
2: whole I'm gonna have life? to go watch
1: it. I ain't even... Ooh, bro. be
7: careful. Ooh, be careful, <laughs> Daddy. If you go watch that, be careful. Uh, yeah, I'm say it to you. the Being some being a room where you ain't got nothing else on your mind. Just just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just
2: <laughs> you gonna
8: spend oh, your whole man. time going. Did that really happen? Like, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah,
7: yeah, yeah,
8: yeah,
2: yeah. I, yeah, I remember yeah. in real time when it when it first came. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well look, let, let me say this too, because I, I know and you asked, you know, what can we take from this? I'll say this. I'll take uh kind of like what, what Noah said, you gotta be more tactful. Mm-hmm. You know what you say, you know, it's not all the time what you say, it's how you say it. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think his you know, Ed Reed's message could have came across a lot better if he would have worded it a lot better and not been so emotional, you know. So <laughs> they go Chuck again. <laughs> but yeah, you but honestly. You, man. I hope I hope the best. I knew was coming for Eddie George and for Ed Reed. You know, I, I wish both of those brothers much success and and hopefully they get that in yeah. those programs also.
7: Yep.
3: Yeah. I, to kind of piggyback off y'all, not just the tactfulness and and you know watching the words that come from his mouth, but also kind of in my opinion, be more mindful of different avenues that you could take to resolve problems. For sure. Not everything has to come to social media. You know what I mean? That you. You could walk to the AD's office. You could walk to the, you know, the president's office. You can call it. You know, you're saying there's other avenues that you can go to resolve problems than running straight to social media and you know airing airing it that way. And not just for you know problems like trash and stuff like that, but problems within your program. You know what I mean? If you have an issue with this go to the ad don't come on uh, instagram live and say man our weight room look like you know what i mean just go go handle it the right way through the proper channels instead of bringing everything to social media leaders, what, it,
6: leaders lead but it isn't this ironic that that happened in this day and age because that's the day and age we live in yeah
3: yep, is, that, is
6: that you got people that can't sit down and eat a dinner without taking a picture or taking a video with
3: it. Yeah, that's that true. That I is. literally their so whole life, watch it, whole life and, go Their whole and, life go on social media first.
6: And, and to me, that screams, um, I'm searching for validation. Hey, we made it.
2: We done made it. We got a buy. made
6: it,
2: We got a Let's go. We
7: yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I mean, laughs> did one of every show. Every, Bruh, I'm telling you. Bro, hey, we're bro, trying I do, to get I like y'all. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Hey, I'm telling you, at least that one was a good one. I want to I want to commend first of all for everybody that's on this panel, but definitely between Jerry and David, because th- to me this is an example of when grown black men have a conversation, sure. and I think we've gotten away from that in our society. It's like okay, Jerry has a point, David has a counterpoint, and then in the middle they all come together like they respect each other's opinion. Absolutely. That doesn't mean like you don't have to like air somebody out and do all this and do all that and it's like in the end okay now I respect everything that that uh, Jerry was saying and of course I respect everything Dave was saying I mean I do a show with him so it's like I mean I 100% see both sides but you know I appreciate this platform that we on today for giving us that because we don't get that we don't get that in today's society about like hey he sees it from Jerry sees it from his side being an economic advisor Mm -hmm. advisor. David sees it from his side and it's like they can still have the same points together, and we. Yep. And I, I I just appreciate that for 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 six black men that's in here right now being able to conversate about this issue. For sure, I agree.
3: For sure. Agree. And, yeah. and 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 to your point, I think what's been lost a lot in this day and age is agreeing to disagree. You know what i'm saying to so like respecting respecting yep. your perspective yep. or your mm-hmm. opinion on it but i'm just going to agree to disagree and nowadays everybody has to i gotta prove you right Oh, i gotta i gotta prove me right i gotta prove you wrong you right. know what i mean i gotta bring you to my side and make you see it the way i see it instead of just saying hey everybody's not gonna see things the same way you know what right. i mean but i understand where you're coming from i respect where you're coming right. from but i i see it this way and we're just going to agree to disagree and I can, like to your point, Renard, commend both of them, these fellas, for how they handled it. You know, yeah, they ain't got to agree. You know, 50 50, like my boy Dave said, 50 <laughs> 50. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but they're going to respect both 50s. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're going to respect right, the 50 right, that we right. agree, and we're going to respect the 50 that we disagree. You know what I mean? Right, and we're going to keep it cordial. But kudos mm-hmm. to y'all for how y'all handled it, too.
2: So <laughs> I'm going to say something, Renard. I-, I shared this with you before. What's that, sir? Not everybody black understand HBCU. Well
7: yeah. you about to make me lead the show.
8: <clears throat> well, he about to really make me lead the show because look at
2: me. <laughs> yeah, but um, again, I, I do want to thank everybody for uh, I
1: don't know what that is. I don't either. I'm scared to all click like on it. <laughs> somebody, somebody tell my Talking my that, that link. <laughs> but let, let me say this real quick, uh Pooh, before you wrap it up. Uh I I appreciate all you guys coming on and speaking with us tonight, man. And it was just so good and refreshing to get different opinions. And kind of like what you were saying, Renard, I second that. It's good to not get emotional about it. And kind of like what Ann said, you know, hey, we can agree to disagree, and it's cool. But we're not always going to agree on everything. Everybody is going to operate through the lens of how they grew up, you know, and what they've seen, you know, in their lifetime. So, I mean, we can all just—this is how you work things out. We got to communicate, you know,
7: and not hide it. Yeah. But yeah. So when when Jared gets that president's job or <laughs> VP or whatever, y'all all remember this connection right here. Right. Yes,
3: okay. So. I just want. I just... I just need a job, brother. <laughs> I thought y'all was talking about. Oh friends. yeah, and people you talk. Got nervous. Oh yeah, and Jerry-
4: oh yeah,
8: and
6: Jerry. You you actually mentioned another point. I had it written down here. You said that uh, HBC uses a lot of guys that are or ladies uh, that are not qualified. So my counter to that would be, well, you know, it's been in other places it has been unqualified people hired all the time. So with that being said, when you get your VP job. <laughs> <laughs> when I put my application in, don't even look at it, don't even look at nothing. Just hide, me. Just just all, hide because hide me <laughs> on the strength of the show. That's all I'm saying. That's
8: all
7: I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just hey, manifesting hey. you to be, you know, we just moving you on up right yeah, now. Oh, on up,
8: <laughs> hey, all, all jokes aside, I, I know that this has nothing, this show doesn't really have anything to do with economic development, but on my LinkedIn page, I just posted about a fellow's opportunity for people who are 18 to 28 i believe there's a fellows position um positions that are available for the international economic development council so just go on linkedin on my page look at that it's public and check that out because jerry you can't be 31 man come on uh, i know we can't I, I, break, I we can't break funny, that rule for you funny <laughs> enough I did that. funny enough I did ask sometimes yeah. was 32 yeah <laughs> I, I sure
3: it was one to 32 you know but. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny that's funny
2: yeah. but gentlemen I want to thank you all for coming on and again like we said having this conversation um, being able to give you know what I'm saying two different perspectives and, and finding some common ground in the middle um, Sure, sir
3: Appreciate y'all for coming on with
7: us, though, brother. Thank y'all All for y'all. For sure, All right. man. You already know what's. Up.
2: You already know. Yeah. We'll yeah. be back tomorrow with the Golden Boot giving y'all some uh, LSU news. Talking, I guess you can say LSU. Yeah, we ain't gonna have you
3: back for that. No, I don't know if we I'm, really want to talk. Yeah, we don't want to talk about them. Neither. Nah, we ain't gonna talk yeah. about yeah. them. Don't even mention them <laughs> on here. <laughs> 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 who? Who we, right say, who right we say? Yeah. yeah I'm I'm
8: I'm gonna, university all oh. right now <laughs> oh
3: yeah, 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 so you, you're not happy, you're not making friends with anybody on the panel by saying you're Alabama. Nah, he he, he right
7: make now. a friend with me, he make a friend with me. All right, all right, all right, right on come on, me.
3: man. Bro, uh, I'm I married
7: can. to a three time Alabama graduate that lives in the same house. What are talk, you talking about?
3: <laughs> oh, I understand. Happy happy spouse, happy house. I understand. But, but, but but I will.
8: Aside from that, how do you turn away from the most genius program in, in
3: America? Oh, oh, okay, let's go in uh, this because I'm a real and football, football person. Mm-hmm.
2: So so when you say winning this, are you, you talking about all the championships claimed or are you talking about I'm the talking actual one?
8: jury period. I'm talking about all these rings.
2: Oh, we
6: ain't said loud or wrong all
2: night. I'm talking
8: about all these rings. Yes. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely well, you
7: you're down to 10% with David. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I
6: mean, it, it's, it's a done deal. We got to start all the way
3: over. I, I, saw I saw him in the face. I flat my hand I saw. Him. He was like, well,
6: hey fool, hey, can I tell the people where they can find
2: us, man? Sure. You know what? You're absolutely right. I'm being rude. Oh,
6: you fine. y'all you tell, fine. Y'all fine, tell fine, us where
2: they can, you know what I'm saying? People can catch, you know what I'm saying? Catch y'all.
6: Hey man, yeah, you, you can it. find you can find Renard and myself on Down South Football Podcast. Search it on YouTube. Uh you can do at DSL Podcast on Twitter, Down South Football podcast, uh Facebook, Instagram, all the same, man. We, we hang out. These are our guys. He's like our brothers, man. We hang out all the time. We have a good time. We talk, tr- talk trash, talk facts and all our show. We just, we try to keep it sane as much as we can, but Hey man, y'all come check us out. For sure. For sure.
1: For sure. Hey, also Jerry, you have anything you want to promote?
8: No, but I do want to ask about that down Sur- South shirt that they had of the Dion, and uh, dooley, uh, championship game. I, you know, I do wear a size 3X. <laughs> what, what, what are you
6: talking about, Jerry? What shirt was it, Jerry?
8: It was a shirt, it was like a magazine cover of the shirt that had Dion and
6: um, dooley on it. Oh, okay, that that wasn't us, Jerry. I don't know who made that. Oh, one. okay, look, I was the one, I've been trying to get that shirt <laughs> but, for the longest, but I tell you what, you can get a shirt. You go to DSF.com, go to merchandise, and click there, and you can get whatever you want. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, Exactly. For sure.
2: <laughs> Just don't All buy right. the last shot
7: glasses. Don't do that. Cause, yep. you know.
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow with an episode of The Golden Boot, and we'll be back next week with another episode of HBCU Hour. And like that, yeah. we out. <laughs>